Today we talk about the COVID vaccine and the Christian. But before we do that, I just want to stop here and remind everyone listening that this Saturday, October 30th from 5 to 8, is Hillside's Fall Fest, which is for families, kids of all ages, bounce houses, food truck, trunk or treat, all kinds of games and fun. So please join us Saturday, October 30th between 5 and 8 p.m., 545 Hillsdale Avenue, San Jose, California, Hillside Church's Fall Fest. Okay, so now on to today's topic. Should a Christian get the vaccine or not? Is it right to get a vaccine or is it the wrong thing to do? Hello, everyone, and welcome to Keith Crosby Out of My Mind. This is Podcast 060, Podcast 60. And today we want to have a biblical conversation about this crazy world in which we live. So join us over the next 20 minutes or so as we provide you a bird's eye view perspective of a complex issue confronting our culture, the church, and you as we apply God's word to make sense of it all. At the end of the podcast, we'll point you to some additional resources just in case you'd like to dig a little bit deeper. In the meantime, let's get started. All right, Keith. So I was wondering when we were going to tackle this topic because I figured it was coming, uh, just given the world that goes around and and the fact that um, everybody is talking about the vaccines and mandates and all of those things. So uh, why take up the topic now? Why not just just leave it? Well, Mark, I do think it is time, and I do think you're right. People were probably waiting for us to say something. But I think it's important now, particularly since people are being forced perhaps uh, to uh, take the vaccine at work or by the government, we have these vaccine mandates. Also, I wanted to wait to let some of the dust and hysteria settle because a lot has happened. You know, speaking of a lot having happened, today the FDA approved vaccine for children, I think, 5 to 11. And so I think this is a, a question that we need to answer to the best of our abilities here and now. Yeah, and I think of, you know, we've heard all those stories of the firemen and the police officers in New York um, that quit out of protest. There's the sheriffs in Los Angeles um, and, and his, his stance that, uh, that they will not enforce this mandate. Um, there just seems to be so much going around um, with this, whether it's from the schools, from the governors, from uh, the public sector employees to uh, like Southwest Airlines and those things. There just seems to be so much going on with it. And then inside of the Christian circles, there's also some potential division that I think can be going on over these vaccines. And so where do we find the biblical principle as we talk about vaccines and as we think through this? I know our podcast is very specific about viewing the world through a Christian worldview, through a biblical worldview. And so uh, maybe you can enlighten us on kind of where we see some of the biblical principle for all of this. Well, you know, I think above all, there's the principle for unity in the body of Christ. And I think there is a lot of potential for division. I hear people taking both sides of the equation, you know, Somebody's saying it's wrong to get to get a vaccine. Somebody's saying it's sin to get a vaccine. Other people saying, how can you not get the vaccine? It's sin not to get the vaccine. But as far as a biblical principle, like you mentioned a moment ago, I guess the easy part, metaphorically speaking, is that there is a principle, and it's found in Romans 14, and that's the passage about Christian liberty. It often t- is framed in the sense of talking about the weaker brother and respecting him or her, weaker sister. So let me read through this, and I want everyone to listen as I read. This is what the Word of God says about respecting other people's uh, consciences 
and their, their beliefs insofar as it's maybe a gray area or something like that. And I do think this is a gray area. Romans 14.1, but as for the one who is weak in faith, welcome him, but not to quarrel over opinions. One person he believes he, believes he may eat anything while the other person eats only vegetables. Let not the one who eats despise the one who abstains, and let not the one who abstains pass judgment on the one who eats, for God has welcomed him. Who are you to pass judgment on the servant of another? It is before his own master that he stands or falls. He will be upheld, for the Lord is able to make him stand. Now, this is about food, sacrifice to idols in the Greco-Roman context for Christians, and there were some people who felt like they couldn't eat meat because it might have been sacrificed to an idol. Other people felt like, yeah, I can eat meat. There's no problem. And the same can apply to the vaccine. There are people who are really uncomfortable with the vaccine. And there are people who are maybe a little overly confident in the vaccine. And so whether you see yourself as the weaker or the stronger brother, what we're being told here is to be very careful how we view each other, how we pass judgment on each other. And in Romans 14, 5, it goes on. Verse 7, for none of us lives to himself and none of us dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord, and if we die, we die to the Lord. So then, whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. For to this end, Christ died and lived again, that he might be both Lord of the living and the dead. Now, a couple of things here. It's a call to caution. We are all connected to each other. We are fit jointly together as members of the body of Christ. So what we do, we don't do in a vacuum. And that's what's going on in verse 7. None of us lives to ourselves None of us dies to himself. We are all part of one another, and we are the Lord's, which gets us to uh, Romans 14.10. Why do you pass judgment on your brother? Or you, why do you despise your brother? For we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. And while in this podcast we don't have the time to unpack every inch of this verse, I'd like to focus a little bit on verse 10. We do well not to be too hasty in criticizing one another regardless of where we stand on the vaccine issue. And regardless of who thinks who the weaker brother is. Along such lines, 1 Corinthians 8 warns us not to do anything to wound our brother or sister's conscience. And I would add their feelings or sensibilities. We want to be very careful about how we treat one another and how we conduct ourselves. We have to be very, very careful indeed. All right, so what about looking at it from the right versus wrong angle? There are some who will say it's morally wrong to get the vaccine. Some will say it's morally right. What do you say about that? Well, in James and in 1 Peter 3, and also in Romans, we are told to keep our conscience clear. And I would say that if you believe it's a sin to get the vaccine, then don't get it. And that would perhaps be the basis of a religious exemption. But as we saw in Romans 14, we want to be careful about judging others and standing in God's place based on what their choices are. And you know, it says in Romans 14, 10, why do you pass judgment on your brother? Or why do you despise your brother? For we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. And backing up a few verses, we see in Romans 14, 5, each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. And so I would say this, if you are convinced in your own mind that it is a sin not to get the vaccine, then get the vaccine. If you are fully convinced in your own mind that it is a sin to get the vaccine, then don't get it. But I'd also ask, do you take medicines? 
And have you had other vaccines? Yeah, I think those are great questions. And I think, you know, it plays out differently, I think, for everybody in, in their lives. And so what do you say about those who insist that you must get the vaccine? What do you say to those who say it's our civic duty or it's it's really us um, looking out for our neighbor, so to speak, uh, or really moral duty or responsibility to get the vaccine? I'd ask, says who? Says who? You know, this is where people take Bible verses and quote them out of context, or they impose their will on other people. Being vaccinated is a personal decision. And it's a shame right now that this whole issue has been weaponized. And, you know, I talked about this in a previous podcast that we're going to put on the resource page. And I encourage each of you to take time to listen to it called You're Being Groomed. Please listen to that. What we've done is we've divided the culture. We've divided even sometimes the body of Christ into the pro-vaccine, anti-vaccine, or vaccinated, unvaccinated. And people are passing judgment on each other, and they don't have any right to do so, which gets back to Romans 14 again. There are people who have legitimate concerns of conscience and health. Some believe that inasmuch as their body is the temple of God or the temple of the Holy Spirit, they are uncomfortable with vaccines that were perhaps rushed and potentially had side effects. I mean, all the vaccines you read about their side effects, blood clots, fertility problems in younger women, uh, cardiac tissue inflammation in younger men, all kinds of side effects that do in fact happen. Now, they allegedly happen in smaller numbers, but there is a risk of these problems. And I think we have to be careful. Well, yeah. And I mean, I think for most of us that come to church here at Hillside or, or know you in some fashion, know that, you know, you've had your own side effects from the vaccine. Yeah. Look what happened to me. Supposedly, my chances of having the problem that I'm having right now, uh, Guillain-Barre syndrome, it's an autoimmune disease, are one in 12 million from the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. But the fact is, apparently I'm one of those one in 12 million and I have had serious, serious repercussions. I've had paralysis. I've had muscle weakness. I've had damage to my peripheral nervous system. And it's going to take between six months and a year for me to fully recover. That's a real problem. And if you're the one that that happens to, and it can happen to you, then you might have a real concern. And so compelling people to have the vaccine against their will is an untenable position. And Resenting somebody who doesn't have a vaccine is wrong. I mean, when you look today at these vaccine mandates and certain companies forced uh, on by President Biden's executive order, having a vaccine as a condition of employment is immoral and probably unconstitutional and illegal. And I suppose we're getting off topic right now. But what I think we're going to see is just like with the church closings, the government has overreached and overextended its powers. And we're going to see that these people being threatened with loss of job, whether they are uh, police officers in New York City, state police in Massachusetts or firefighters, this is wrong. And, And I just think that this is a very dangerous precedent. But we are getting off topic here. Yeah, and I think to to bring us back on topic, I think one of the things as we talk about this issue, a lot of people will probably ask this question. Are you an anti-vaxxer or are you pro-vaccine? And so why don't I just pose that question to you, Keith? What are you? Are you anti-vax now? Are you pro-vax? What are you? Well, I got the vaccine, didn't I? I got my tetanus vaccine four years ago. I got my shingle vaccine two years ago. So no, it's not fair to say that I'm an anti-vaxxer. But I will say this, there are people who, it's almost like a religious creed, they are pro-vaccine. Uh, 
And the reality is, is that not all vaccines are created equal, and there are different risks associated with all vaccines, and some vaccines are less effective than others. And I think that not all vaccines are right for everyone. And all kidding aside, I'm living proof of that. There is a risk calculation to be considered, with, particularly with the COVID-19 vaccines, all of them. There's the factor of age, comorbidities. You know, older people should probably get them if you're over, over 70. If you have comorbidities, I think you need to think about that too. If you're younger, you know, the recovery rate is like 99.9%. And then there are the possible side effects, blood clots, fertility issues, all kinds of problems, autoimmune disease, uh, the list goes on. And then there's a problem with at least one of the vaccines with quite a moral issue of fetal tissue research. Yeah, I think all those are, you know, things that we need to consider as we decide on whether the vaccine, uh, whether they should take the vaccine, shouldn't take the vaccine. I think all of those um, issues are just things that we take into that risk calculation. But I want to just be very clear. So you're saying you're not an anti-vaxxer. I'm not an anti-vaxxer to be sure because I've had vaccines. I think that's obvious. But I'm a whole lot more careful now and circumspect than I was before. Okay, so let me kind of turn it a little bit and and let's talk about the the division that happens between people on this issue. I think uh, as we've seen in society, I think more and more of these issues have become so political and therefore have become so much more divisive. Uh, But why do you think people are so divided on this issue, both inside and outside of the church? Well, not to get off track again, Mark, but I think it's a matter of trust. People, including Christian people, have lost confidence. They've lost faith in our institutions of government, um, of the medical profession, of all kinds of, you know, of research, things like that. Uh, the, there are levels of corruption and disinformation lies that are being told, that have been told. And I think that's caused people to have real doubts about what's going on. I mean, if you go back on YouTube, you can watch Dr. Fauci uh, flip-flop, change positions numbers of time, and he postures and he poses and he's He's almost like he's uh, relishing the media attention, but he seemingly changes the science to suit whatever his message is uh, that month or that quarter. And then there's the right with the CDC sometimes seemingly ignoring her own CDC's statistics. And so people are suspicious. And then you have President Biden seeking to villainize people with sincere doubts about the vaccine and blaming them for the spread of the disease. And I think it comes down to this, the government and the institution of governments and the institution of healthcare, no longer, they they don't let their yeas be yeas and their nays be nays, as Jesus said. They don't speak truthfully, they don't speak plainly, and I think people no longer trust them, the media. It's just as if all of our institutions have been corrupted, and it's hard to trust anyone. It's hard to feel like you're getting the straight story out of anyone. But And again, I refer you to our resource page to the uh, podcast. I'm going to have a link there called You're Being Groomed. I think it provides added insight. I really want to encourage you all to watch or listen to that podcast. But again, we're getting way off track here, Mark. Yeah, I guess that's not uh, exactly the direction we want to take this podcast. So um, let's go back kind of to the religious side of this and, and really how our faith plays into this. So do you think that there's a place for a religious exemption. Can a Christian legitimately seek and file for a religious exemption? They can. I think there is absolutely a place for a religious exemption. We have to be very, very careful, though. Sometimes people uh, 
abuse the idea of religious exemption. They don't want to do something, and so they claim a religious exemption. If you believe in your heart of hearts that it is a sin, that it is morally wrong as the temple of the Holy Spirit, as the temple of God, or somebody uncomfortable with the vaccine because of fetal tissue research, although not all the vaccines involve fetal tissue research, but if you believe it's wrong, then, and it is a matter of conscience before the Lord, then I think it's a legitimate uh, request to request a religious exemption. Uh, I think that it, there's a risk involved, of course. And again, I think that with, with the uh, people ignoring religious exemptions or matters of conscience or even health exemptions, I believe that we're going to find out that that is unconstitutional as these companies and as the government seeks to force people to take these vaccines against their will. I would also point out there are a number of national, uh, state, and international laws against forcing anyone to take a, a medical procedure of any kind, and that would include a vaccine against their will. That came out of the Nuremberg Protocols after World War II with all the experiments that the Nazis did on people, and it has been codified in different countries' laws around the world. All right, so why don't, uh, as we start to wrap up here, why don't you uh, go ahead and summarize kind of the Christian take on vaccines, and as Christians, uh, how should we look at vaccines in general? Well, it's, it's kind of like I said earlier. If you want a vaccine, get one. If you feel you need a vaccine, get one. But be really careful. Do so with informed consent because there are very real risks associated with the vaccines. Understand the risks. Perform the risk calculation. I think that's a better part of wisdom. You want to be careful. You want to look before you leap. But as a Christian... There's no sin in getting the vaccine. It is not a sin to get the vaccine any more than it's a sin to take medication. And if you don't want a vaccine as a Christian, don't get one. But count the cost. This all goes back to these risk uh, calculations. Uh, you could be inconvenienced at work through uh, weekly tests, you know, weekly COVID tests. Uh, you could get fired, you know, as many companies are threatening to fire people who don't get the vaccine. You could get COVID. And so I think you need to think about it. But if you don't want one, then don't get one. And it's simple as that. It's not a sin to get one, and it's not a sin not to get one. Yeah, I think that's great. I think just really understanding that, that risk calculation and, uh, you know, like age is another factor, too, that, that can really kind of change the math on that. So I think it's, it's really important. I, I like how you say it. If you want one, get one. If you don't want one, don't get one. And so... Why don't now you talk about how Christians should treat one another? Well, I think it's important because I, I heard one Christian say, well, who are these idiots that didn't get a vaccine? And I thought, you know, physician, heal thyself. And then I've heard other people say, who are these idiots who got the vaccine? And you know what? We're to be kind and tenderhearted toward one another. We're to treat each other as we want to be treated. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And I don't think anybody, anybody, any mature, maturing Christian has the right to villainize their brother or sister in Christ for not getting a vaccine or for getting a vaccine. I don't think the science is as settled as people say it is. I do think that vaccines can help, but I also know from personal experience as one who's had a primary reaction to a vaccine, a very serious reaction, and as one who now is having a secondary reaction to the vaccine, the vaccines can hurt as well. And so we need to treat each other with respect, 
love and humility. All right. So then what about the people who are accused of being unloving for not getting the vaccine? I would say that's an unloving accusation. You know, Jesus said, a new commandment I give you, that you love one another as I have loved you. And that's in uh, John chapter 13, right before he's crucified. And, and what it points to is this, that we're, we're to, people are to know that we are Christians through and by our love for one another. And so I really think we need to be a lot more careful, a lot more cautious in how we look at each other and how we talk about each other over this vaccine issue. Okay, so one final question in all of this um, that I'm sure has been uh, burning on the minds of some people who are listening to us. Um, is the vaccine the mark of the beast? Well, I think from what you've heard me say already, the answer is clearly no. But when you look to the book of Revelation, you understand that the mark of the beast is a mark. And without getting into the uh, Greek too far, uh, the description of it, you, the preposition the mark of the beast on the hand or the forehead speaks to a mark being on the surface of the skin. And so I don't think that qualifies the vaccine as the mark of the beast. It's probably more like a tattoo or a scar or something, some indication, but it is on the surface of the skin. It has not been injected into the body. Well, that's it for today. Thanks for joining us, everyone. If you'd like additional resources, you can go to our resource page at www.gracetoliveradio.org and hit the resource button. If you have questions, I'd love to hear from you. If you want to see an example of a religious exemption form, uh, you can email me at keith at hillside.org. If you'd like to learn more about Hillside Church, visit us online at www.hillside.org. Worship with us on Sunday at 8, 9.30, and 11. And whatever your podcast uh, platform is, please give us a great rating, uh, make a comment, help us expand the reach of this ministry. This is Keith Crosby with Mark Stickler. God bless you and God keep you.